Good evening, my name is Suffolk Ram. Skazius. Welcome to episode 179 of the Varanez podcast. Not long now, Skaz. Christmas is around the corner. Makes me sad. <laughs> oh, but it makes me happy. Skaz that stole Christmas. Yeah, fuck Christmas. Christmas is the third. But, but this you year is almost over. You get Christmas. I do. That's the bit I'm looking forward to. <laughs> 24th. That's the date we've planned to deliver it. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I am... I am the meat Santa Claus. <laughs> Just imagine you were like a, a dripping bag over your shoulder with just all yeah. these raw meats in it. Yeah. yeah. You leave out the glow. <laughs> were you a good boy this year? It's like for all the dads. Were you a good father this year? Have a slab of undescribed fucking whatever. <laughs> if you're a good boy, you get some rump steak. If you're a bad boy, you get the offal. <laughs> And if you're really a bad boy, you get the awful awful. If, you, if you're awful, the bad you know boy, awful, here's a you know potato. Awful <laughs> do you know what awful offer is? No. Awful awful is what they used to do to call when they used to castrate all the lambs and they used to collect all the testicles. They used to occasionally fry them up and they used to call it awful awful. There you go, you got some nuggies. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Little lamb nuggies. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, got that to look, you got that to look forward to. Yay, I might get some nuggies in a box. Yeah, I will uh no, well, I guarantee you that none of our sausages have any pig's nuggies in them. Oh mate, no pig's they nuggies. They get cut off. No pig. I mean, if you want some pig nuggies, I can probably arrange it. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure it's entirely possible for me to arrange a pair for you if you really want some. So I can make some earrings out of them. I'll put them in place of where mine used to be. Like, <laughs> if you see the size of a pair of pigs, a pig, pig's nuggies, the you would they, the earrings would be huge. They'd be longer than the 1980s. Mate, They'd I'd, be touching your shoulders. I'd hate to say it. I mean, not like anyone would notice the difference. Ah ha ha ha. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, I'm sure it's What awful. stuff can't you actually ship off of a, a pretty much we use pretty much all of it. There isn't a lot we don't can't feel anything we don't really use. I mean some of it's just not wanted, so the nuggies. Um brains I don't think they do anything with. But like all our sausages are actually packed our traditional sausages and they are actually all packed using um intestines. Oh there you go. Rather than my friend says that they used to use synthetic intestines. So what they made is they're made of lamb's intestines. I said, well, hang on a second. How are they synthetic then? It's just not the, <laughs> yeah. it's not the animal the rest of the meat came from. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. It's, it's borrowed. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, we use extra tests, but there's not a lot we don't, we don't really use. Oh, there you um, go. So, maybe, yeah. I was just, I was just curious if there was anything waste. that doesn't get. There know. isn't a lot of waste from. Um, from sorting animals, there isn't a great deal of waste. I mean, you hear stuff that's pure that's under, is not really wanted, but generally most of it gets used. There is that, so there, it's actually it, 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 we nothing really goes to waste from an animal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a um a book which I'm trying to get hold of a copy because I thought I wanted to get to my my friend because I thought he find it interesting, and it basically looks at one pig and it follows it through sort of like the post production side and all sees the different all the things pig. that it ended yeah. up in. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, it goes, and it's amazing all the stuff it ends up in. And just like, well, one pig ends up in all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I keep trying to find it because I think you'd find that interesting. But I was going to say, because all, the, all the fats would be processed into. Oh. Yeah, it's me, all we, we tend to get most of ours back because we tend to 
So what normally happens with ours is they get um, gutted at the slaughterhouse, and they, the carcass then goes to the butcher hole. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, if we want, we can ask them to cut in half. We don't. We, by default, they'll come in half for you because generally you set you set them in half carcasses. Generally, sure. Um, we normally request not to be cut in half because for certain ones, for like the hog roasts, we say we don't want them cut in half because. If you went to hog roast and there's two halves of pig leaned up against each other, it's not quite so good looking. Yeah, sure. So we have to request that. But in general, they'll come in half if they don't tell them not to. Mm. But then it goes to the butchers and it, all our stuff gets, yeah, all our stuff gets to us. So the actual sort of inside bits, there's not a great demand for them, apart from, so we keep the intestines now and stuff like that. But there's no great demand for the kidneys and stuff. But in general, there's all use for everything. Um, you don't really make use of skin off pigs. You don't, really, you don't skin them so much. You just burn the bristles off, um, and then basically just eat them virtually as is, virtually. Because mm-hmm. um, the skin is your crackling. Yeah. Normally, so you don't really wear salsa, yeah, cow or sheep, you um, skin them or pull the pelt off, and because um, they uh, get that gets sent off to other processing. So obviously, we know what happens to cows. Skin mm-hmm. it all goes become leather. So all. Goes elsewhere, so nothing goes to waste. It's a so very efficient system. So, why do people complain so much then about? Because I'm noticing that a lot more recently. Because I always thought it was pretty. You know, we used pretty much everything. I wasn't entirely sure what bits we didn't of what animal, but for the most part, I thought we used we most of it. Pretty much most of it. But everyone I mean, says it's so wasteful. In what way? It's wasteful, and I think their argument is it's not so much wasteful in the end result being processed, it's wasteful in that... It takes a lot for it to get to that point? Yeah. It's it's not... If you are... As, as a per... From a purse, or if you just look at the land as you want something out of it, growing grass, getting something to eat the grass, to convert that into meat is a fairly inefficient system. Mm-hmm. But the alternative is you basically turn into cropland. And mm-hmm. grow crops on it instead. But then, what if you have a what if you have land that isn't a subprime? Well, there you go. So you can graze stuff on it and so forth. I think where people get objectionable is is where we like we get to the stage where we are like when they saw big intense production where we are growing crops just to feed things, just to feed animals. You think, well, what's the point? You might as well eat the crop yourself rather than feed it to an animal that you're going to eat at a later date. Mm-hmm. There is a certain logic there. It's a bit like, a bit like sort of like we want we 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 have power stations that generate electricity, which then goes to an oil refinery to heat and break stuff down or fire it up to crack oil into fuel. We cool electricity straight into the car. Yeah, sure. So and that and that I, I can't deny that that is a, that is a logical assumption. Well, it would be more efficient. However, the way I see it is, are we going to get rid of all the grassland? Well, if you've got grassland, you might as well use it. Yeah, graze and, things on it because you can't yeah. grow things on it. I mean, if if no. it's not if it's not if it's not the prime stuff that you're going to get a decent yield out of, then effectively you're putting more shit in to get next to nothing yeah. out of it. So you might as well and, put an animal on it, which will happily do its yeah. thing there. And would you want all the fields turned to cereal crops? No, really, really. You, well, in my opinion, nice no. Exactly. I. I it's nice to have grass and fields out there. It's nice to have big fields full of grass and and graze often is an efficient way of controlling it because you don't need to mow it, you don't need to chop it up, you can just graze it all off. Well, the shit and, lives there too. Yeah, yeah. You know, they. I I mean, I don't know the full details. I, I did 
um, someone did tell me, but I haven't actually looked up myself, that because of the way that grass fixes carbon and then the cow eats it, the cow then obviously processes and creates and stores the carbon, it's actually a fairly self-sufficient system. Mm-hmm. Um, the methane emissions are, um, well, again, we have to admit that they do produce methane. That is true. Can't deny that. I'm not going to try and def- I can't defend that. That's, that's just a fact of science. Mm-hmm. They do. Um, but doesn't methane suppose- break down fire? So it's, it's worse than carbon. CO2, yeah, it is. Carbon dioxide, however it breaks down faster. I believe that's the case, but short term it's still bad. If it's eight times worse than carbon dioxide, so it's not good. Sure. It is not good. Um, I suppose my sort of fear is, well, Every time, I, every time, if, if you see how many planes there are currently flying the world every day, flying people to their holiday in Ibiza, yep, I'm not feeling too guilty because they put up far more energy and waste than anything I'm ever going to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel that guilty about the whole thing. Sure, in that regards, you know, there's lots of other industries that we can cut back on as well. I'm not saying I do. I'm not saying that we have. I do think we should move away from hyper intense production of animals. I don't like it. Like I've the done, battery I've, farming commercial stuff yeah, where they're all penned like in. It. And I've done. I've been there, done it. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd actually be in favour of having that banned. You Agreed. Know, actually, I'm a farmer yeah. here. I'm happy to have that banned. It would mean that cheap meat would go pretty much you wouldn't have i mean because the reason people like richmond sausages and as their own price sausages can be so cheap is that that factory farming happens yeah that would go realistically when we were kids meat was still a luxury wasn't it? you didn't have meat every meal Mm. or if you did you'd had a a, a little bit of it it's not like now where we can go well you know what i fancy a mcdonald's and then you you know you piss off and have a mcdonald's and you come home and have a roast yeah yeah it's um it has to be more of a... I mean, beef has always been more the luxury. The I say luxury. You can't really intensely rare beef so easily. Mm-hmm. So it's always been... That's never left the market. And same, you can intensely rare sheep, but not easily. So it's not really done very much in this country. I don't I don't have anyone who does it. Mm-hmm. But commercial sheep... Commercial pig production, intense pig production, intense poultry production is easy. Yeah. It's actually, it's, with poultry production, it's getting to the stage where it can be virtually fully automated. Which is horrible, really. It is horrible. And that's why I'd happily see that go, go away. away. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think as it does come down to a mental thing. If you are, I think the, the people who have like the outdoor stuff and free stuff, they, they care more about the animals because they see them every day. They get to know them. They talk to them. Um, they're just, they, they care about them more and see them more. So I honestly do believe that. People in those more free range systems, they see animals as animals, less as things. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, that's why I'm against commercial production, and that's why I think what we do, it's outdoors, free range. From the moment that piglet is born to end up on the plate, I know everything that's happened to it. Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's mum, I can tell you it's dad. Several generations, actually, now. I know it's history. I also know how it's been treated when I've been there. I don't know how they treat them as well. So I know it's been looked after. It's had a good, it's had a good life, a good innings. Mm-hmm. It's not been kept in a, a cramped pen. You know, it's not, I mean, it's just different, massive difference in the behavior of them. You know, when you walk around. Except for the uh, uh, commercial, uh, commercial pigs can get really fucking nasty, can't they? Oh, well, yeah. Most animals oh, can yeah. if they're. Oh, yeah. You'd walk through. We had our main yard, um, towards the end. Um, and it wasn't a big yard. Our yard was small. 
but was but usually you wouldn't have a yard. They don't really like yard. So yeah, so for tent systems you have like yard systems. So yard systems one massive building. Everything's open and free. They can move around. Most people use pen systems. So you have a you have one building set into lots of little pens, mm-hmm. and then you have groups in each pen. That's considered easier. It is easier. Um, because you can then that's it's easy to automate, it's easy to set up, it's easy to manage because you can then like pill from one group a bit at a time. We used to have a yard, which is a more additional way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, towards the end, our yard would have like 120 pigs in it, and you go in there and you had to be you had to be fairly fit and able and just to go for it because they would, towards their there's enough of them that you think they're weighing each. 80 kilos to the well when they go off they're about 100 kilos when they went off so they're around between 80 and 100 kilos towards the end mm-hmm. well you've got 120 pigs in there that's a, that's a, that's several tons of pork yeah if they pull you over you ain't getting up mm-hmm. or you're going to real struggle to get up because if they pull you over and they go and climb on top of you that's a lot of weight holding you down sure so that's when they get, and they would try, they would, you'd walk in there and they'd grab your boots, they'd grab your clothes, they'd try and pull you and grab you and nip at you. And you'd feel them as you're walking around in your boots, you'd feel them nipping the backs of your ankles and stuff in your boots. Yeah. And, and they just were, they, they're not, they weren't designed to eat. They'd been compared to a, a smallest, and that was quite big actually, comparatively speaking, for what they'd not have in the commercial system. I mean, tech type, it just, it was horrible. And we did that for six, I think six months we did that for, was it a year we did that for? And we was like, we can't do this anymore. We hate it. Mm-hmm. It's every step of the way. The only time it's nice is when they're piglets and they're tiny and they can't do anything to you. That's nice. But other than that, it's like four or five months of absolute just, it's, it's, it's the great, it's, it's horrible. It's yeah, horrible. The, neg- of, the negativity was almost contagious. Yeah. Because you'd see so what it was work. doing to them and then. That would rub off onto you. Yeah. So they'd be aggro. That'd rub off onto you because you're being bitten and nipped and all that. And so then you feel negative because you don't really want to have to go in there and deal with it. No. You know, so why are we doing it? Yeah. And we uh, we did it initially because of um it was it was to get started. It was a good it was good to get the money going before we got started. But we soon dropped and we ended up going to the free range system, which did cost more. You know, we lost money on that effectively at first, but. That's now pulled itself round, and now we've got a system we like, and they're just completive animals. You know, this, they have a teenage phase where they do get a little bit nippy and bitey. That lasts about two weeks, two, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, sure, as opposed to, out, say, they, several months. Yeah, they grow out of it. They grow out of it because they lose the teenage stage. Mm-hmm. And they and they're just so much nicer. They're so much nicer to handle. You don't go in there. You're not worried about being attacked. I mean, we've got our... Our bigger, our big, what we call the, the dry sows and the boar, which are the breeding side, they're big, they're fully grown. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, if one of them wanted to have you, it could have you quite, if it, if you, if he caught you unaware, it could pretty do you a lot of damage. Yeah, sure. It could pull you down. And because, I mean, our boar we used to have, we only raid about three, four hundred kilos. Mm-hmm. So we're not, so not, and we had one, we used to have a commercial boar as well, and he must have been over half a ton. Mm-hmm. big animal but he was the most gentlest animal i've ever worked with you could walk up to him and stroke him by took him behind the ears and he'd happily sort of come up to rub this and he'd walk around with you and be with you and he was absolutely fine lovely animal called we call him charlie <laughs> he was a spaniel <laughs> he was not this one was not he was a lot bigger than charlie spaniel he was he was so big one time i actually laid down and i laid down next to him and he was longer than me 
<laughs> That's a- <laughs> I was going to say, you're a, pretty, you're, a, you're a pretty tall guy for a start. Let's yeah, just clean that one up. He's a pretty tall guy. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's like, this pig's longer than me. Uh, our current piece called Dude. <laughs> Dude. They've run Dude out of names. Pig. <laughs> he, that's, no, no. Well, he, so he, oh, I, have a soft, I have a real soft spot for Dude. So I went up there one Saturday and um, I go in there. We have this old girl, Sal, there who really, by rights, we should have sent her in as a coal sow. She's mm. not, she's not. She hadn't had litters for, for uh, this point, she hadn't had litters for like nearly a year. She obviously wasn't reproductive or so forth. She's obviously yeah. barren. It's like, well, but we, there's a sort again, there's a bit of a soft spot for her. So she's hanging around. She's still there, hangs around. No one really touches her. And um, I was up there one day and she hadn't come out of the hut. Um, so she actually, she's out when they, when you come up with food, they all come rushing over and she didn't come out. So I put some food down. I go get her. I said, "Come on, girl." She's a bit. She's a bit. She's a bit. We think she's going a bit blind now. We think or a bit deaf. She's a bit. You have to like go and say, "Come on, girl. Here's your food," and to take her over. But as I go out, I looked in. There was these two piglets in the back of the hut. I was like, "Hang on, hang on a second. They shouldn't be there because normally what happens when the sow gets say she's going to piglet, you take that sow away, put it into its own little paddock all by itself, mm-hmm. call a fire pit where it can. It, it's not got any. No one's going to bother it. It can pig to. It can pig quietly by itself." Left to its own device, it's not going to be bothered for its own safety and for the piglet's safety. Sure. And we went up, looked, and it's like there's two piglets there. And I looked, and I looked, and I could look at the back of the sows. I could see, because like, you could work out which one's given birth by looking at the back ends, basically. You can see which one's all the wettest, as it sure. were. And it was this old girl. I was like, You've pigged. You shouldn't be doing this. So the boss is saying, I'm up at the dry sows. I've got two piglets up here. From um, so-and-so. And he said, you can't have. I said, I have. He goes, you can't have. I said, she's barren. I said, I guarantee you, I've got two pigs in the cell. You better get up here and have a look. So I, at this point, I'd gone and had a look at these two piglets. And she'd obviously given both these two piglets. And I will say, normal little piglets is about eight to ten, mm-hmm. possibly. I've had, so two is nothing. But she obviously struggled, and when I looked at one of the piglets, because it wasn't really moving very much, when I looked at it, she started to eat it. Oh, bless. Because what they'll do is, if they can't, if they give birth to piglets, and sows think either the, the litter, if they think either the litter's wrong, or if a piglet thinks not going to make it, rather than let it just die, they eat it and get the energy back. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've not had it happened there but i've heard of cases where i've had my friend he said he had a sow for her first litter she ate the whole lot he went up there she's finished off the last one mm-hmm. she's killed name they do that that's just that's just they do their nature as well it's not a farming piggy thing that's just what they do yeah sure so um she started to eat one it was missing its back legs it's still alive how it was still alive i don't know but it's still alive it's like oh right right it's going on this other one was fine so i go up there and had a look and it's like well, we can't. I said she's never. She's got no bag on her, no milk on her, which she's never going to raise. And she's eaten half in one. We looked at the other one. The other one had a little like scratch on it, which said to go at that one as well. I said she's going to going to kill him. Mm-hmm. We can't leave these with her. What do we do? Because you can't just leave them. Sure. So we, um, I said, only for uncomfortable. We're going to have to hand rear them. So we took these two piglets out, put them in the back of the quad bike. The one or two missing its legs. There's nothing we're going to do for that. We can't save that. It's going to die anyway. So we to them we shot that one with a bolt gun. Sure. 
There, but there's nothing. There's no. You're not rehabilitating a pig with no legs. It's yeah, missing sure, sure. half its back end as well. So just to make it clear, but oh, you should have tried. There's nothing we could have done. It's missing. Once its legs, I mean, it's mostly missing its back end as well. Mm-hmm. There's guts hanging out. It was going to be dead. It's. I was amazed it was still alive. But the soft one, we had to hand. We had to hand. We decided we we're going to have to hand rear. Well, that one was left in the farmhouse, and they do you know what they used to hand rear. Of course, they have to have milk. They use baby formula. Oh, there you nearest, go. Nearest, nearest thing to pig milk. Because you can't buy... You can Lambs and stuff, you can buy... I mean, you've watched Clarkson's Farms. You can buy lamb milk. You can buy it. It's actually made of cow's milk. But you can buy you can buy that stuff, and you can... So if you've got a lamb that gets abandoned, you can make use of it. You yeah. can do stuff with it. You can feed it, and what have you. You can't do that at piglets. Because the way they're normally produced, no one bothers. Sure. In a big commercial saying, if you have a sour band and a piglet, you just don't worry about them, let them shoot them all. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. So they reared it and it got the nickname Dude. And of course it meant it was ultra friendly because it saw humans as its family. Yeah, you reared so it. So it raised you, up. You know, it was your, yeah. it's, or it's your piglet. Yeah, yeah. It got obviously very attached to, um, there's the wife who did most, the farmer's wife did most of the rearing, so it got very attached to her. Mm-hmm. Well, he got very attached to her. He got bigger, then we moved him outside, and eventually we put him with some other pigs. Eventually, he had to go with some other pigs because otherwise, he'd always be a tame house, and he would never learn to be a pig. So, when we had another litter of piglets that were a bit younger than him, but there were a few more of them, we put him with them so he could sort of learn yeah. what was to be a pig. And then he sort of moved out, and he basically, because he grew up to a really nice pig, and Boss like, he's a really good pig. He makes some nice sausages. And I said, if you send him into slaughter, I'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're not slaughtering, dude. And he said, yeah, the wife's told me the same thing. So she, she goes to slaughter. So it was like, decided that dude wasn't going to go anywhere. Sure. Dude was the pig who was going to stay. So lucky old dude, he ended up going from... Every every time we got low, new batch of growers in and finishes in, which the pigs are going to go off. He got moved with them as like to be with them, and then our boar died. And I was like, "What are we going to do? The boar's died. I don't know what I'm going to do now." I said, "Well, got dude over there. He's mature. She's like, you want to put him in? You know, not with his at all." But I said, "What's wrong with his background? Put him in." So dudes, I'm putting with the sows, and he is having the whale of a time, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um. There is, there was some concern because his mother is still up there, yeah. but she is. We are sure she is barren now, so there's no way he's going to be doing anything with her. Mm-hmm. So he is. So dude, the boar is how, how dude the boar comes. And he's, he's he's a proper lad now. He's proper. You put him up there, and he went from like being a what we call fish pig to really bulking out and really proper manning up. He's really bulked out, and he's got his like a proper razor back, his bristles all growing on his back and he's got He's become a dude. <laughs> he's he's become he's become a man. He's gone from a teenager to becoming a man. His voice is broken, he's got a beard. <laughs> he's, he's got he's, he's still got his nuggies. Mm. Has he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he did manage to injure himself the other day. We went up there and he was limping. We realised he must have tried all of us it must have been on the back of a sound badly dismounted and pulled his leg. Poor so, dude. But look, yeah, it looks like he's done some actual damage though, because we've been trajecting, but he's not actually got, he's, he's not limping anywhere near as bad, but he's still got a bit of a limp. And it's like, well, this has been several weeks now. It's like, he's never going to, that's obviously, he's done something. Yeah. He's, but he's still, he's still doing his job. He's still up there having his well of a time with the sows. Like, well, if he, if he still gets him into pig, if he's got a bit of a limp, 
What's the problem? Good job, dude. So, see, a, yeah. a, a duffer leg is not sexually transmitted, so that's fine. No, it's not. Um, I have, he'll come here. Sorry, yeah, keep going, keep going. But yeah, you'll go up there and you'll come over to you and you'll and you can. He likes being scratched by the ears still. Bless, bless him. So, I have one more question then, because uh, uh, yep. you know you said about the the book that basically shows you the the post of pig. You know, the yes. after the pig was pig, what it kind of becomes and what it does yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So I was just thinking, she said, you know, oh, there's there's not a lot of waste and a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, you know, think about all of this stuff that we're having to do to make pig, make cow, make blah, blah, blah. But how many other fields would be impacted? Fields as in, you know, yeah, uh, technology and all that. Kind of. How many of, like, how many other areas does that pig, cow? Oh, hundreds cow, of thousands. Exactly. So when they say, yeah. well, don't you think it's a bit wasteful? Well, but think of all of the other things that we'd have to replace those products with. There's this animal products uh, turn up in, well, ask anyone who's trying to go fully vegan how hard it is to avoid animal products. And they'll tell you it's not an impossible. Mm-hmm. Every animal products just turn up in everything. Mm-hmm. They are either this on the oars, there's, there's so much stuff. You know, if ever you've used something as simple as, Lip gloss, you know, like you know the stuff to sort of or lip chap, you know the stuff to yeah, yeah. make your lips and sore. Altox got all actually for any sort of like moisturising cream stuff. Altox got lanolin in it, which comes from sheep wool. Mm-hmm. Um, there were so many little things. I mean, when the five pound notes came out, the part of the five pound notes making process was using something from the guts of cow mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. make the five make the polymer. So many little things around your house, and it, and, it, and eventually. If, if you dig into it enough, eventually you'll find that most things have got some animal product in there somewhere. Because we are, as a, as a society, for, for most things like that, we are, you know, if you're a company, you can make something out of it. You'll make something out of your waste byproduct. But see, that's what if I was. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was curious about. Because to say, well, it's not. We're not. If you were only to factor in, you know, as food, then I would concede their argument. Like I would agree with them that maybe it's a bit wasteful. You know, oh, we're growing all this, all of this, whatever, to feed these animals for just to eat them. That's a waste. But as you've said, the, the, it goes into so much other stuff. Yeah. And then, so surely that must balance out. Yeah. And then, if but if you were to take away the animals because it's so wasteful, because we're, let's be, let's be fair, you're not going to be rearing all those animals if we're not eating them. Exactly. Right. So these are the waste byproducts. Yeah, which are then being turned into uh, lip gloss and and yeah. and um, creams and and whatever's yeah. on top of everything else. I, there's probably yeah. there's loads of probably stuff on my desk that's got at some point if, pig, if not cow. In, in its not in itself at some point of production it may have used a ca- like a, a, a component that's come from something. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so so so. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't imagine us then coming up with synthetics to replace all of those things if we decided we weren't going to do the things with the animals. Like, how much more damage would that do? Because the, the the material has to come from somewhere. Yeah. So what artificial thing would we have to replace it with? And then what would we then have to do to increase yield of that new thing mm. to replace... Do you get where I'm coming from here? Like, I'm I really do. dumbing it down. Yeah. No, 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 you're not talking about it. But the same, uh, the same issue that also faces us with, um, and this is, I mean, I'm of the opinion that we need to move away from a petroleum-based society. Yes. 
we need to move more to electric and so forth. Trouble is, so many things use petroleum byproducts in them. Yeah, yeah. Odds are, well, I mean, I mean, pretty much I, everything on my I, desk. <laughs> well, yeah. At some point, if you've got anything that uses plastic, which is, let's face it, nearly everything you any odds are anything slightly complicated probably got plastic in it somewhere. Yeah, it's all petroleum byproduct. Mm-hmm. So it's that's a, we've got the same issue. There is all as as demand for oil goes down, all the byproduct prices will go up as well. Yeah, so your cheap uh, telly, your cheap plastic, whatever, you, yeah. that's all going to go up through the roof too because, it's, as you say, it's a waste product, it's a byproduct. Yeah, unless we can find an alternative. So the, the issues are there, um, and they've got some, and there's a um, company who started making um, stuff out of bamboo. Mm-hmm. And you can make a plastic out of bamboo. It's surprisingly hard wearing. We actually, where I work, we sell, my, my other job, we actually sell some products made of it. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly hard wearing, very heavy for its size, very heavy, but remarkably hard wearing stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it lasts long, so these are challenges we're going to have to face and we're going to have to deal with because whatever happens as we move more and more away from, and we have to because otherwise the world's going to end. Yeah. We don't. I mean, we, we've probably fucked up already, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but if we have some who have hope, we're going to have to figure out something, but. I haven't got the answers. Sure. I just have the material scientists out there who have got the answers. Mm-hmm. But hmm. anyway, on the end of that gloomy note. Sure. <laughs> so what have you been up to then, Skaz? Uh, if I had to be honest, mate, I've not really been playing anything new. Uh, nothing that I haven't already talked about on the podcast before. Um, I've been having a bit of trouble uh, recently staying focused and uh just randomly uh i've so i went back into my kind of like little vr journey um tried all these different headsets in there and i've been spending a lot more time uh hanging out with one of my mates uh who i do vr with um we also have this kind of shtick of playing uh souls games so yeah, Demon yeah. Souls, Dark Souls, uh, was it, um, Elden, Elder Ring, Elden Ring, whatever the new one is coming out. I can't remember what it is. They're from, it's from, they're all usually from, from software. Um, there's another Souls style game from, oh, I'm going to screw this up now. Is it Team Ninja? I always used to say it was Square Enix back in the day, but it's, uh, it's Team, Team Ninja, I think, called, uh, Neo which is uh, basically a Dark Souls-style game, but set in Japan. So instead of like having hulking great knights and, and demons, you have uh, samurais and, and yokai. Yokai are Japanese demon spirits, whatever. Um, we decided for a laugh, because everyone keeps saying, oh, Skaz, you've got to do a Souls run. You've got to do a Souls run. Because when I play Souls, I go, I go ham on it. I go really balls deep in it usually when i play souls i pick the the dumbest class on the planet which is deprived so i i start with no armor um maybe a club or i just go in there fist and look fist things just punch things um and i just have a whale of a time great laugh because 
most people say, oh, Souls games are well hard. And then usually the people who say Souls games aren't very hard at all are usually the people who pick, like, heavily armoured classes right off the start or, like, a battle mage right off the start. Uh, so you're like, well, yeah, you're not well, going to start the deck. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're not going to have much of a challenge, are you? Because you've already got some really powerful magic or you've already got some really hulking great armor. But whatever. I like to start in my underpants. I like to have a bit of a challenge at the start of the game. Um, and so I just run around and, and box people to death. And, um, because Neo is similar to Souls, we decided we were going to have a bit of a run through that and so I've, I've only spent about eight hours i first played neo in 2017 so i probably spoke about it in one of the podcasts back in 2017 uh, it was a playstation 4 exclusive uh, for a time i think it came out on pc not long after it came out on playstation uh, 4 but um the easiest way for most people to get it would have been on ps4 and it sold quite well um but my playstation 4 died so I never really got to finish it. My PlayStation 4 has been playing up for years and years and years and years and years. And, years and I, I never really got to finish it. I really enjoyed it because it, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's historically accurate, but the main character, uh, in the game, his name's William something. Um, he is an actual guy. He's a, a I believe is an Irish bloke. Um, who was like one of the first foreign samurai. Uh, it was pretty much, I'm probably butchering this completely, but he was one of the guys that kind of eased the opening of the borders of Japan to the rest of the world. And so they've kind of crafted this story around him and how he was, uh, uh, you know, employed by the queen to go and find what was effectively the philosopher's stone, which is hidden in Japan so that they could use that to fight the Spanish. And eventually, you know, the British can take over the world and, uh, and, and all that. And so it's, it's you going to Japan, um, to do stuff. And it's interesting really because Neo is one of the few Souls style games that actually has a story, like an actual story where the game will go, here's a cutscene. Here's what you do. Here's the next thing. Here's where you go. Here's a stage. Here's a stage. Here's a stage. Whereas Souls is usually. This is a bit of story at the start. Here's a big world. Go. Done. No, no going back to a map. No, no extra bits of story unless you find it in the world. Just go. Neo is split up into, into, into separate levels. It's different from Souls 2 in that it's a little bit faster. So Souls is known for being quite slow paced. And quite punishing. You cannot Leroy Jenkins a Souls game. Or a Souls style game. You can't. Your character is generally built to take on one, two guys, and you're all right. Three? Four? You're starting to push it now. When you get like five guys coming at you, you might as well just fucking bend over and take it. Those games will shaft you, and they won't give a toss about how you feel about it. That's in many your ways more more. Anyway, it's actually more realistic. Well, yeah, exactly, because you know most of these games you play, like, oh yeah, I'm the main character, and I run in, and I've killed like fifty guys, no problem. Neo, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, um, Let It Die, I believe, is one of them, or as another Soul style game. 
In games like that, mate, just a regular guy can do big damage to you if you're not careful. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it's, but Neo's a bit faster. So it's a bit faster paced than Souls. Um, you have stances. So upper, middle, and low to represent different sword stances. Um, high stance, whether you hold the sword over your head, you do more damage, but it's harder for you to dodge. And you've, you've got lower defense because you're obviously wider open. Mid stance is your balance stance. And low stance is a bit quicker. You get to poke things more and you get to roll about more to dodge out of the way. Um, stamina management is a huge thing. So everything you do in that game uses a stamina. You've got a stamina meter and a health meter. And stamina is everything. It is in Souls. It is in Neo. I believe it is in Let It Die too. I've not really played Let It Die, but... In Neo, if you swing your sword, you use stamina. If you block an attack, you lose stamina. If you run, you lose stamina. If you dodge, you lose stamina. Which is why, when it comes to fighting multiple opponents, it gets harder and harder and harder. You have to really pick your fights, because you can't block everything. If four guys come at you, you can't just hold the block button and expect to survive. Because every time they hit you, you lose stamina. If you run out of stamina, you can't do anything. You just stand there and take a critical hit. So it sounds almost like a potentially a vicious cycle. If you get yourself in the right bad situation of them hitting you, you try for about you can actually end up being almost stunlocked. Yeah, because then because if you do manage to get out of the way, even for a second, well, you're probably now taking a heavy hit from another guy, or you go take a swing, but well, you're out of stamina again. Stamina does recover quite quickly, but if you block, you don't even have to get hit. If you hold the block button, your stamina will go up a lot slower than if you let go. But then if someone swings at you and you're not blocking, you lose a shit ton of health and stamina. And some stamina. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's a, a really fun, fine balancing act. And it's different enough from Souls that... Um, you know, I have to recommend it to everyone if you're a fan of Souls. It looks beautiful. Um, you also have spirit animals. So like you, you, you have a, a, a spirit of your own. Um, and when you collect enough souls or Amarita, the Philosopher's Stone stuff, that energy, um, you can do a, a powerful special attack, which you couldn't do in Souls. Um, but you, you, that was one of the things that differentiates it from Souls. Uh, so for like a, you know, five or six seconds you can just go ham on things and your health and your stamina bar become your spirit animal bar thing and you can just wail on on enemies until that runs out or if they hit you the the special bar goes down a chunk instead of your health going down a chunk really neat really handy it's it's kind of it's, it's it's fun it's it's cool um so really so it's a game like souls where you have to learn patterns take it easy you know figure out where things are and uh yep you have to kind of you have to strategize but it's not big brain territory you know just play it safe oh and the it's got this other souls mechanic where if you die you lose all of your resources resources is in the souls that you've collected from the fallen enemies because you you use souls to level up every time you kill an enemy you get souls or amarita or whatever and uh, when you go to a shrine, like in Dark Souls, you go to a bonfire, that which is scattered around levels, you 
can use those points to level up your characters. You can level up a, a set number of stats. If you die, you drop all of them. There's there on the floor where you died. If you die again, so you'll spawn at the nearest shrine that you've um, gone to, or the last shrine you've gone to. If you die again before you go back to where you died, it's all gone. It's just gone. It doesn't stay on the map. It's gone. So if you had 30,000 souls and you died, there's 30,000 souls on the floor and your spirit animal is there guarding it. So you can't special attack while, after you've died until you go get it back. If you die again, all those souls are gone. All that amarita is just gone. So all that work you did to get those points to level up or whatever it was you were going to use them for, they're gone. So you have to really play it smart because you don't want to have shite tons of resources on you, then make a bum move, and then get stepped on. Is it a case of you have to work an awful lot to level up? Is it a case you have to, like... You need lots and lots of souls to level up. Um, so, it, you know, like, I don't know how souls work. So, you as you level up, or- when you start, like, it might only take, say, 500 souls to go up a level. But then and the next level... You, how, how many souls are you getting, like, per kill? Well, that depends on the enemy. Yeah. So, that so scales. If, experience points, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, if you kill, like, a scrubby little guard... Um, who was in, who's like an, in, so in Neo, so in Souls, you don't tend to have, you have levels, stages, but they're like sections, like, you know, in Skyrim, there are some areas in Skyrim where there's really high level guys, and there are some areas in Skyrim where they're not quite as tough. You know, a peasant with no armor is never going to be as tough as a, a guy with plate armor, even if they kind of scale with you. Um, in Neo and Souls, um, same kind of groove. In Souls, you have zones, depending on what zone you're in, dictates what level the enemies are. You know? In Neo, if your little guy is just like, I don't know, a fisherman with a sword and a bandana on, you kill him, he might be worth 100 points. You know? When you start, that 100 points might be worth a lot. But if you go back to that area later, when you're, say, level 20, 100 points might mean nothing. So as you level up, so, like, if I level up strength and then go to level up spirit, well, the requirement doesn't go, it was 500 points to level up spirit to level two, or strength to level two, 500 now for spirit. It's like, no, you've already leveled up once. The requirement goes up with it. As you say, just like leveling up in an RPG, the requirement will it go is, up. It's, uh, it's really, it's experience points that you can lose. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then depending on who you kill... You get more or less, depending on what zone you're in. Once, I'm assuming once you leveled up, then they're effectively safe. Yes, at that point. yeah. You, yeah. you bank them, you cash them in. Yeah. To to level up. Um. So, how hard is it? Well, the idea really is that if so, when me and my mate Divine went through it, we're doing it. We're doing, as I say, Divine's usually the one that I kind of do these souls runs with, and I'm not going to take the piss out of Divine because he's a fantastic souls player. It's great watching Divine play. Most people get really pissed off with souls games. I know so many people who actually believe that Dark Souls games are hard. Okay, and they will, they just won't play them because they think oh, it's a Dark Souls game. It's just unbelievably hard. It's unforgivably hard, and that's frustrating. They're not. And here's the example. So Divine, by the time he got to the first main boss, not the tutorial boss, 
but the first main game boss. So when you start, you're in the Tower of England and you fight the Executioner. That's your mini boss one. That kind of gives you an idea of how the mechanics work. When you get to Japan, you fight a fucking big demon on a boat. Right? That boat demon, by the time Divine beat that boss, I think it was about 80 deaths in. I think he'd played for about three to six hours at that point, and he was around level 10, maybe 12. By the time I got to the area leading to the boat, I was about level 15. So where Divine had died a few times getting there, he'd lost a lot of experience points. Yeah. Whereas, because I... Do respawn when you respawn, so have you so got a chance of getting them back? When you respawn, enemies respawn. When you visit shrines, enemies respawn. So you can't just go, I've cleared this area, oh crap, I've lost health, I'm running back to get my health back, because the shrines will recover your health, and they will give you back a limited number of healing items. So in Souls, you don't generally pick up healing items from what I remember, but in Neo, you can. Right, but you, you get three by default. Every time you visit a shrine, they will give you up to three. So if you have two, you get one back. So you get three. Um, but all the enemies come back. Yeah. Um, with the exception of yokai, which are strong demons, once you kill them, they're gone. They're just gone. But everything else will come back. So you can't just cheese it and go, oh, mate, I've had a really tough fight with that samurai around the corner. I'll go back and get my healing items back. Great. Well, he's going to be back too. It's a good system. So you can you can grind and get your levels up and stuff like that, which is yeah. uh, which is which is neat. But Divine died a lot more than I did before he got to that boss. He had a much harder time going through that boss than I did. Um, I was much better prepared by the time I got to that boss because I hadn't died as much. He felt he would have to grind more to be able to catch up to me. Because um, obviously, think about it. If he's cleared like quarter of a level, died, yeah. gone to get his stuff back, but he died in an unfortunate place and then just got stomped again. So like, let's say he died in the middle of a, a four-player ambush or a five-character ambush, and he now hasn't got a clue how to beat it, he might run in and get screwed over again and lose all of his kit. Because there are some enemies earlier on in that game where you will be one-shot. No two ways about it. If you're not ready for it, uh, you know, a yokai, a, a big guy, can come up to you, hit you, guard break you, hit you again, you're gone. One shot. If your stats aren't high enough, you are dead. It's just done. And I've, I've seen stories of people playing Neo where they get up to the, to the first main boss in that game and rage quit. They're like, oh, this game's so cheap, it's horrible, it's all cheese, you know, I, I keep getting killed, I've been doing it over and over and over again, I've played loads of other Souls-style games, and this is just terrible. He's got a crit attack that does, you know, 1,800 health points, but I've only got, you know, uh, uh, you know I've only got 1,000. Oh, that's a one-shot, it's not fair. Well, that's funny, because when I beat the boss, I beat it in under a minute. Hmm. So I, I don't see where people... Well, I, I do get where people's problems was, because my first death came at the hands of that boss. 
I mean, it literally just took its weapon and fucking clubbed me on the head with it. And I was like, oh, well, that's me dead. I'm going to have to figure out a different strategy. Um, that's what you have to learn the patterns. You have to learn the groove. You have to pay attention to your stamina. You have to pay attention to the environment because the environment will kill you too. You stand in fire, your health is gone. You well, get poisoned. I would, I would hope so. <laughs> and it, but that works the same for the enemies too. If you can lure them into a fire trap, they're going to lose health too. But people still see it as cheap because of how they die. I will say, though, that some boss instances can be cheap because if you die in a boss instance, you lose your spirit animal in that boss instance. So it's not like you can just run there, get it back, and then leg it and go and do some grinding. You're going to have to grind without having your special attack. Which yeah. can be a fucking lifesaver when you make bad decisions. And I'm quite good at those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you run in Leroy Jenkins style, you will die. No two ways about it. I've been recommending Neo on PC to everyone at this point because I just want to see how people cope with it. Now, if you've got a, a stealthy oh. bone in your body, you should get through all right. If you're cautious with it, you should be all right. You were going to say? I say I've just looked up Neo on. Um, I was looking it up, and it's come up the complete edition. Is that the one you're referring to? Yes. So they they started off with on PS4. It was regular Neo, and then they released like a season pass and a couple of DLC packs. When it came to PC, I believe that you might have had the standard edition, but they binned it off for the complete edition, and they don't sell the standard anymore. Yeah. Um, I'll just say I've found it near is currently on offer on the PS4 store for seven ninety nine. You can get it on PC for about fifteen quid if you shop about. Mm. So you can uh, you can redeem it on 40 Steam. Pounds. You can yeah, if you go to places like CD Keys or AllKeyShop.com, you will I guarantee you'll find it for about fifteen pounds. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, I think it's a fucking fantastic game. Uh, don't get frustrated. Like I said, Divine got wiped out 80 times before he did that first boss. When I cleared that first boss, I was on death seven. So depending on how you play will dictate how hard it's going to be. Mine and Divine's play styles are completely different. Completely different. He uses different weapons to me, different armor classes to me. Um, he's got completely different strats we're dealing with certain enemies. Um, he does tend to focus on, uh, using bows and arrows more than I do. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's a lot more conservative when it comes to using his special attacks and stuff. So he tends to like sit on his special attack where he could have used it to save his ass many a time. Um, but it's really, really fun. Really fun. It's not like something you have to really go big brain on to strategize. But if you don't mind a slower-paced game, this is it. Once you get good at it and you learn where the enemies are going to be, you can just steamroll it. You can just run and run and run. I mean, I can do the first stage in 15 minutes. I launched up on the PlayStation 5 today and just fucking steamrolled my way up to the boss until I was like, huh, I've played this on PC, I've got the groove, and then the guy just slapped me and my head came off, and I was like, hmm, yep, better rethink that. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to gear up a bit, but 
Yeah, it's 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 really fun. I, I I say slower paced. It's faster than Souls. It's much faster than say Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Um, but it's not as fast as say oh I don't know Call of Duty. Yeah, well, Call of Duty is well, it's just run shoot run shoot. Oh, enemies be spawning, keep running, Ooh, shoot. Yes, mm-hmm, we'll pretend mm-hmm. be realistic. Yay. Also, speaking of, I've also played, because we'd normally bend this off over to you, Ram, but I've also played Zero Caliber. Have you played any more of it since your last? Yes. Any yes, updates? Uh, with guards. Well, you were saying how you didn't like the way the enemies spawned in. They don't. I, I'm still not a great fan. I know why you do it. I'm still not a great fan. That, sort of, that tweaks my... It makes it feel more Call of Duty than shooter, but I'm still enjoy- I've still enjoyed it. I played it a bit more. I've um, gone back to some levels, replayed them again. Um, I, I'm I do enjoy it. Um, yeah, as I enjoyed the game. Um, I did make a mistake that you pointed out over chat, over messaged me over the other day, where I was talking about a controversy over the fact they downgraded the graphics, and I mixed that with Onward. Yes, there have uh, been complaints out. because the Quest version has been updated. And the PC well, version free- didn't for the long yeah. time. I got I got my wires crossed on that one. Because I actually think, because I, I spoke about Onward getting part of last year, I think I might have referenced the exact same controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and completely then merged into together. Because basically your choice when it came to Sword Rushes was Onward or Zero Calibre. Yeah. So I might have got the two mixed up. But yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. Um, how well have you been thinking of it? Um, right. Well, it's, it's by the same guys who did Atex Cybernetic, which means that the writing in it is absolutely fucking atrocious. Oh, yeah. It's just ignore that completely. <laughs> it's, it's basically, um, early 2000s. And I mean, like, really early 2000s, um, B grade shooter. It's like your intern has been writing the script. Mechanically, it's okay. Um, AI isn't particularly smart. They do tend to bum rush you. The enemies do not spawn until you push forwards. They just, there's a set number of them. Um, it just feels like they keep spawning in until you push forwards. It's just because they all spawn from the same set locations. Um, but there is a set number of them and you can cheese it quite badly if you know where they're coming from. Um, cause you can, li- you can run to a safe spot and then as you see them come out, you, just, you can pop them. They'll even spawn in behind you and you can just turn around and just shoot them in the face. Uh, so no, if you, um, do get to a stage, they will stop spawning. You'd have if to I've run right that. past them. You do, but they will stop spawning. Well, yeah, cause you've cleared you the checkpoint, you've cleared the zone. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, that's just shortcutting it cause it's just gone on to the next scripted event. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you if you actually just stand there and keep shooting them, they do run out. They do stop. They don't just keep going until you move forwards. You can stand in one place and just pop people with a pistol all day, and they will stop. Um. Uh. Let's see. I don't like the gunplay too much in it, but that's just because I've got a duffer eye. Um. Yeah. So the uh the <laughs> my weapon of choice has just been a pistol. Oh, really? Near okay. enough for the entire time. I just take my pistol, aim down the sight, done. If I have to do two hands in um, a shooter in VR, I just I don't get on with it at all. No. Because um, of how I'd have to look down the how I'd have to look yeah, down the sight. Yeah, because you can. You, yeah, I see. I see. Because I'm right-handed, but I can only see out of my left eye. 
Have you tried? I mean, I, I know you're obviously right-handed. Have you tried? You can switch it. So um, you can use your weapons. Left I, hand if you I want can. To. However, I also have nerve damage down my left side. Ah. So, um, which is why, if you ever see me play a shooter on PC after the couple hour mark, if I'm on mouse and keyboard, you'll start to see my characters kind of occasionally strafe. So I'm on an optical switch keyboard. So there's no kind of physical click to say when I'm pressing the button. So I can't just rest my fingers on them. Uh, rest my fingers on the keys. You will occasionally see over time, just my character will start to strafe either left or right because of where my hands have started to go a bit funny. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I, I can't actually, it's, it's really awkward for me to do things with my left hand, like pull a trigger or, um, or whatever. Uh, it, it just feels really uncomfortable. I can do it because I did it in the, um, in the, uh, killing floor. Um, yeah. it's, I would just personally, I would just, because it's VR, it's not like I'm firing a real fucking gun. I'd rather just bin the assault rifle off or whatever and then just take, like, you know, the, the SMG, set it to one shot, like, you know, single shot. Yeah. Or just take a handgun and just bit bastards. Hold a hold a clip in one hand, the pistol in the other. Um, release the clip and then slap a fresh one in and re, uh, and cock it and then just get back to shooting. Um, yeah. So my my accuracy is a lot higher that way too. Yeah, I tend to do. I tend to run most of my guns single shot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I just otherwise you burn through ammunition so quickly. Yeah. Spray and play is really awkward as well because the way the you know recoil and all that. Um, yeah. That and yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. You you can fire. I do. I, you can fire all the weapons one handed. But um, actually, the bigger ones, the sniper rifle, you fire them one handed, they fly at your hands. Yeah. The 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 kickback comes in and they just kind of yeah. derp everywhere. Yeah. Um, plus, the way that they the, the way that the game works in VR two is that if you catch the weapon on something, you kind of your wrists snap. Yeah, um, and all that kind of stuff. You can also see how some of the reload animations are expecting you to have the gun in like your left hand, because the way like the other arm kind of bends over and snaps around the gun to try and um, to try and cock it or whatever. It's it's really really janky, but I I just I just use my pistol. It just mm. it works. Um, same as when we played. Um, oh, the the zombie stand in place. Oh, did we talk about that one? Propagation. Was it called propagation? Oh, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but that was great. Uh, <laughs> the, the spiders, that was beautiful. Uh, yeah, because um, I I did that again um, another time because I was like, I'm I'm sure I'm not this bad of a shot, and I just I did the whole thing with my pistol. Yeah, the shotgun was rubbish in that yeah. propagation VR. Yeah, um, yeah, you, um, you've got the same trick in ATEC and propagation and. Um, Zero caliber, where literally you can, if you hold the gun up around your chin, around chin level, and then point it as if you are looking at the, the barrel of the gun, you're looking at where the bullet's about to come. You don't point it at your face, you point it forwards, so you're, you're holding it in parallel to your face. You effectively headshot people as they get up close to you. <laughs> Games are so, because the enemies always come at you head on, so you're guaranteed yeah. to get a headshot. So rather than panic, just points it forwards from your chin and you've just I mean in real life you'd get a fucking gun to the throat because of the recoil yeah. but um, because it's VR there's, there, there is no recoil so you've just kind of got yourself a free headshot um, it's, it's solid like I said it, it, if you're okay with their gunplay Atex Hibernetic is more of the same but in a Doom style yeah. and terribly terribly written 
Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, I the, if you follow the story, if you follow the story in order, it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, why am I in Chicago now? Mm-hmm. Oh right, okay. Oh, I'm here. So okay, yeah. This doesn't. It's like you. You can just see that the um, they've had an idea of what maps they want, and then they've had to try and figure out a story around them. Yeah. And so the missions are so different. There's like one mission which is it takes about half hour four minutes to get through. There's one that takes about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. They're so variable. And there's literally one mission where literally you, your mission is you go down like one set of stairs to like a room with a load of boxes and with a load of like containers in it. Then across a bridge, and then oh, you're at the end. And there's like one where it's like, you know, you're fighting through like sort of this like um village and then you've got to take another enemy down, they've got to defend this place and so forth. They're so they're so different in their lengths. Mm-hmm. Um it It's very it's, late nineties shooter, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, the kind it of is. stuff we used to get before modern warfare. I keep saying that, but shooters really improved when Call of Duty four dropped. Call of Duty 4, Halo, that's when stories started to get quite tight and mechanics were... We found a formula for shooter mechanics, you know, a, a yeah. control scheme that worked, gunplay that worked. We found... We worked out... We cracked the formula. Um, a lot of VR shooters, as I've explained to a lot of people of, of late, is that VR is currently in the kind of Atari days still. And um, we haven't quite figured out how this stuff is supposed to work yet. And because the big boys that have the money to invest in good writers aren't really playing yet. No. Um, we, all we have is, is geezers that are like, well, we know what we want, but we're shit at writing. So. Yeah. I, I kept, I must, I didn't like the way that in Zucker, that your grab is your, your grab. So your grab for your magazine is your trigger. Yeah. Rather than. Most of which is it's your grab button. The amount of times I've gone into pull magazine out and I've just like pushed the one button because I just instinctively pressed the the grab key to grab it. It's like what? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And the grenades. The amount of times I used to throw a grenade, and if you have it slightly too, if you have it slightly, if you if you the sort of the, the hot, if you've got a grenade in your hand and you're holding it, the the sort of like hot point to grab the grenade out of the hand to the other hand as opposed to pull the pin is so close. There are times that I would grab a grenade. Feel I've pulled the pin. I've actually just picked the grenade up in my other hand. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I've never once why... thrown a grenade in that game outside of the tutorial." Yeah, I mean, I've, the grenade they can be useful. In, the right, in certain situations, they can be useful. They are a bit fiddly. Um, I, I, what in my mind, what they, what they should have done was, and it's something they could fix so easily. It's like if grenade is held, your only choice is to pull the pin or put it back. Sure. That's it. You don't, don't Unless you actually manually use the release go. to catch it with yeah. the other hand. But whilst you're holding it, nope, that's, we disable the ability to pick up the other hand. Yeah. Um, I know, so if you're slightly too close to your um, chest, you'll put it back on your chest rather than pull just, the pin of Yeah, just drop it on the floor, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, don't get me wrong, they're fine games, just to me there's so much jank that kind of breaks them for me. Um, yeah. But I can it, it, they show you where this stuff can, can really go. They make me want to have a bigger play space so I can run around and, <laughs> um, and, and all that kind of stuff. They really do just feel like um, old school like Medal of Honor games. Or, we should rent a warehouse, guys. We should. 
We need, we mate, we warehouse. need a warehouse. <laughs> we went to a warehouse. Um, we managed to go to the office bit where we could set up as the studio for brand nerds to, to justify it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole bottom level of it will just have a big open VR space. That would be great. And I'd never take my around. VR headset off at that point. You'd run around and run around. It'd be fine until you got a little bit too close to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I was soft and up, I'd be upstairs like, yeah, writing some, like, writing some sort of doing some research. So I know what I it is. Bang! Oh, scars onto a wall again. Yeah. Or oh, we didn't clean up that spill from earlier. <laughs> it just yeah. slipped over and knocked himself out again. Yeah. He side strafed way too much then. Just a tad. Side yeah. strafed straight out the window. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that it, it's, it's fun. Um, it's got, it's got just, a, just the right amount of ATEX cybernetic jank. Um, and it's awkward as hell to stream. Um, the difficulty curve seems to go up as you go, like, you know, at one point it's okay. And then the next level, all of a sudden you just get swamped. Uh, yeah. you're out in the open and you get swamped. That, that's a bit. If, if, yeah, it's cover is a, is it, is it, if you're out in the open, you are, unless you, unless you're quick to get behind some cover mm-hmm. or you're really quick on the shot, on the draw to shoot back. We know the level where you got the tanks. Now, oh yeah, we, they've got, you know, anti-tank, whatever. We can't move forward. Oh, yeah. Off and you go. You're no man's land. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fucking ball ache. And then you go down the you go down the little bits at the sides, but there's like fifty bazillion enemies there, and you're like, <sighs> yeah, okay. And my squad to... is like five miles back. I'm like, oh, Guys. your squad is fucking a terrible. They are they 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 yeah, they're absolutely shit. <laughs> Sometimes they do their job, and other times they're just like, oh mate, we're just having a cup of tea. See you in a yeah. bit. You're sitting there, you're like, where is everybody? You look back, and there's like four little green dots. It's like, why aren't you here? I'm here. Why aren't you here? You've not got to the next checkpoint yet. We won't come up. But help. Mm-hmm. Help me. I had that many a time. I was like crouched behind a bin and I'm like, fucking hell, I'm getting mobbed, lads. And I look behind. I'm like, lads? <laughs> <laughs> Where lads? the fuck are you? <laughs> and then like all the way over in the last area. I'm like, guys, move up. Hello. <laughs> yeah. It could, it could, it, it needs some... If it's if 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 they could implement some sort of squad control in it, yeah, that'd be amazing. Like call to where but, you are, or yeah, that's what it needs. Call to where I am, advance forwards to yep. death. <laughs> Get in there, lads, cannon fodder style. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I said that. I agree with all your points. Actually, the story is absolutely cack. Um, I didn't just after I just didn't listen to it at all. It's like, oh well, I'm I'm in this random place. I just need to go shoot things. Okay then. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that though, it's I just saw I I I I personally found it just quite I I found it quite fun just running around and yeah. Trying to go, I think it'd be that's that'd be it'd be a lot funner with other people. Sure. Rather than uh, if, if there's other you, you can cover each other, keep each other covering far while you're advancing, so forth, and you actually have smart people with you. The the trouble is, though, the multiplayer is only in beta, isn't it? I think it says yeah. that in the multiplayer section, it's still only in beta. Yeah. Can I just tell you as well, the interface for the map is fucking terrible. Yes, it is. I'm trying to figure out, like, the wait, mi- is that the mission that I'm doing? And the, the skulls oh. don't represent difficulty, they represent how sick you're going to get by running around. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, I'll get that. Yeah. Nice. I... Uh- yeah, I like the, um, yeah, but yeah, the, you're right. It doesn't like, because it's, it's like, okay, so there's a tick, which means I must have done the mission. Now, somebody's got triangles in them. This one's got a triangle that's just an outline. So that must mean that's the next one to do. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. And there's it, like 10 stages per, or 10 extra yeah. missions per stage or whatever. Yeah. Um, cause I went all the way past, like, so I, I was one minute I'm on the outskirts of town, then I've gone through town, then I'm at a water treatment plant. Now I'm having to fight my way across no man's land, yet that's still the same stage. Yeah. Apparently. But it's Apparently. a different chapter on that stage, but yeah. that isn't shown easily on the no. map. No. So. I do like the, um, I do like the, um, I like the mechanic of, you know, Unlock as you get ranked, unlocking stuff, and you're going. You actually sort of customize your own like whole setup and stuff, weapon mm. and stuff. I do. I like that, like being able to sort of tweak your own weapon to how you want. I quite like that. Yeah, I've only used my pistol, so yeah. <laughs> all, all that's got on you it mean, is stuff that I found had, on the street. Have you not even had the joy of the P90 yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. That's the. From when I played it, it was like the second mission had the P90 in it. I well, see. I haven't actually finished the first mission because it's still doing. I'm still at no man's land, getting through the tank bit. That's the, that's that's interesting. Cause that wasn't the first mission for me. Interesting. First first mission for me, I was like in a um, like in a basically in a like a village. village area. Yeah, yeah. See, I've I've done that, but I've not seen a P90 yet. Oh no, the P9. The next mission after that was I went to the Arctic. I went to a research base. And there's a P90 there. Research base in the Arctic. Yeah, or uh, not, or um, a weather station, or some sort of like scientific outpost. So you you go through the village. That takes you yeah. through a set of warehouses, which then take you through a town, which then take you through like a factory district. Yeah, are we playing the same game? Because that's not how it played for me. I got there, went to the next mission, and it t- I got to the bit where it says like, "You've completed this mission. Do you want to go to the next one?" Yes. And it said, oh, what, we're saying to the Arctic? Nope, I haven't had that. And then after I did the... You've been randomly picking the missions. Fuck the final, son, because I I did that bit. And then it said, right, well, we've we've just, you know, cleared through the town. We've just met up with the rebels. The rebels have told us to fuck off in their terribly red lines and their terribly red dialogue. Uh, Now you have to find... You found the scientist who's popped himself. Nope, not found him. Yeah, that's right at the start, dude. No wonder it doesn't make any sense to you. That's, but I, I, I haven't, I haven't gone back to that main map room yet. How weird! It's I've never sent. Go, I've never been sent back to it. But I literally went. So I, you do the, you do the training mission. Then mm-hmm. you go into the sort of the village where you sort of, you start this. You have to like sort of raid a house with radio operators. And there's like a bit where you have to get a sniper rifle and sort of cover your team. And then you get to the to go into another warehouse where you find, oh, where are they getting this water from? Yeah. Get that. You then get a bit, then it goes, oh, well done. You've completed this, this section. Do you want to go to your next mission? Next mission? I'm in the Arctic. Weird. That took me to a town. I wonder, that's very weird. I went through the canyon to a, to a town, to the water treatment plant where the explosion went off. No, I literally just said, I got there and I got a menu up saying, yep, you've done this mission now. Do you want to go to... Here's your stats for the mission. Do you want to go to the next one? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's giving, you a different, it's giving you a different set of missions, dude. Uh, hey, it must be randomly picking them. That can't be. Though. Well, no, it can't be, because I've done it no, both on my laptop and my PC. How bizarre. Because if I go back to the... If, when I, so I went back to the main map, and I was like, huh, I can't tell where I'm supposed to go because like nothing's got a tick or whatever. There's the tutorial. And so I did the tutorial again and then it took me back to the missions I was doing. 
Um, and it turns out that it was like one of the one skull missions, but it had like a billion chapters. However, um, where I failed and the, I died and then the game crashed, it decided that it was going to skip the chapter that I died on as if I'd finished it and move me to the next area where I get airdropped with my team to somewhere, which I didn't catch because I hadn't finished that last section. Well, I've been airdropped into a, on top of a water purifier plant. I've been airdropped on top of and I had to go down. You had to go like downstairs, and, like the cliff side. I've been done that one. Mm, yes, yeah, so I haven't done that. That's bizarre. I haven't done that. I, what I think we're going to have to do, Ram, is we're going to have to start again, mm. and then kind of list where we go in in yeah. in order. I will map. We'll map sarcastic air quotes. What uh, what we did and where we did it and and how we did it. Like, but describe the levels, because... It's like mine's bugged out. I was going to say, I haven't done half of the stuff that you're that you're talking about. I mean, um, on the... I've on streamed the, on the it map, twice. On the map, I've done... I think I've got, like, two missions left to do on the map. I see. I've never gone back to the map. It's never sent yeah. me back to the map, and none of my missions have ticks on them, other than the tutorial. Very weird. So, because if you look on the actual map, if you pick one the one that looks like the next logical one to do, that's a completely separate mission. That's just like a standalone mission where it's like, oh yeah, here's, here's another squad you have to fight. Go go do that. It yeah. doesn't so seem I to relate. When, when I went to the Arctic, I thought it seemed a bit of a jump. Yeah, so I, I think you've just gone and been doing random missions. <laughs> it must have bugged out, because honestly, I literally said next mission. It's like, well, why am I here? Okay then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Fair yeah. Enough. So if you if you go back to the map, it's usually the first. I didn't one. go back to. I, I went. No, but if you mission. go back to the map, yeah. If you go back to the map, um, you'll find um, that the the one with all of the story on it is like the bottom leftmost thing that isn't the tutorial, or it might even be the tutorial one, and you can just skip forwards, left and right, in the UI to say which chapter you want to do. And there's fucking tons of them. Oh blimey! Um. Yeah, How so bizarre. I've I've streamed them, so I'll I'll link you to a I'll link you to a video of some oh, of the bits that I've fuck. done. I'm fucking terrible at it though, but um, have you I have you now? Have you tried using the guns with laser sights? Um, I have put a laser sight on my pistol. Mm. Um, it's all right. I mean, I get headshots from a distance with my pistol anyway. Um, it's <laughs> the thing is with VR shooters, just like regular shooters, it's just center screen and click. Once you figure out roughly where you have to hold your hand to get roughly in the center, you just kind of look in that yeah. general way and kind of arc your arm a bit with your body. If you get what I mean, like you kind of hook round. So if you're following yeah. through with a punch, shoot, bam, headshot, done. That's something I learned with ATEC Cybernetic is that, you know, VR is really easy to cheese. Mm. Um, you know, shooters in VR aren't as, aren't as realistic as people seem to make out they are. No. <laughs> um, but look, you know, just like a regular handgun, you don't have to look down sights to, to hit a target. Once you learn, you know, once you've got your ankles down, um, you you can pretty much suss it. Yeah, well, kind of like what cool. you said. How you know, you know, a, a trained soldier will figure out kind of where he has to hold it and what angle he has to hold it to get the thing to do what he wants to to do yeah. anyway. Um, same in VR. I, I've had very little issue or very. It doesn't take me long to get used to how a gun works in VR. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've put like laser sights on things. I've put scopes on things, but realistically, I don't use them. Mm. 
I don't use them that much. Um, and as I say, like I, I've not used many of the other guns either. Um, because I, I have so much trouble just properly using them. They just, it feels really stupid to have, you know, a, a, a fucking massive assault rifle in one hand. Yeah. So I just don't bother with it. Mm. Um, and if I can't see properly with it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use it. Mm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's an all right game. Yeah. Just needs polish a lot of it. <laughs> Get some voice yeah. actors. Yeah. Please. Not just people you pulled off the streets. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and not just this all general I'm the big military boss, I'm gonna make really bad analogies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so I loved it when we met up with the we met up with the rebels like outside of some random place. And it's like, yeah, what have you done for us? Fuck off. And I'm like, Wow, okay, cool. Nice. I just said I was coming here to meet up with you guys to help you guys, you know, share information. Now just being a bitch. You're lucky I haven't shot you in the face yet. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. uh, fucking terrible. Like, you know, Gary might be a good coder or a decent modeler, <laughs> but he can't read for shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's all right. It's what, like a 15 quid game or whatever, as most VR games are. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the, the really polished ones are the ones that cost 40, 50 quid that no fucker plays. Yeah. Because, there aren't that many. Well, there aren't that many, are there? You know, Medal of Honor's just come out on Quest. Mm. That was out on PC. Half-Life Alex, uh, Resident Evil 4, uh, Lone Echo. That's not, that's not a shooter. Um, we're still, fig- we, you know, we're still finding our feet. We're still figuring our way out through VR. VR's is, is not there yet. It's still figuring its way out. Yeah, I personally, I still think VR is a, a you know more a social platform than anything else. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's neat. It's a Ooh. fun game. Cool. Well, I've always been playing VR. Oh, what have been playing now? Have I played it too? Come on, let's go. What is I, it? I, I strongly doubt you'll play this game because it's not your sort of game. Go on. I've been playing budget cuts. Budget cuts. Which budget cuts? Which is a stealth VR game. It's one of the early VR games from 2018. So Stealth Budget Cuts. The game is called Budget Cuts. So what you're Stealth. saying is, mate, you're a, you're an assassin or 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 you're a fucking you're a politician. No. You're kind of just whisking stealthily whisking away that uh, <laughs> that extra stack of cash into your back pocket. Neither. I mean, neither. You are a so it's so it's one of the early sort of it's it's sort of one of the first sort of reasonably well done VR games that were still the early stage of us. So twenty eighteen, but it was built for VR from the ground up. It was always been a VR game, um, but has feels a certain degree of this has been actually sort of done properly. Um, okay. It's still a bit. I mean, it's still. I mean, obviously, it shows its age somewhat. Now, because it was on the time when people feel like teleportation was the only way you should move in VR. Oh, don't! I hate teleportation. That makes me feel yeah. terrible. So the game, the game is a teleporter style game where you teleport around. But so it's set in an office, and you are working there. You are humanly working there, and there's a lot, most of your co-workers are now robots. Mm-hmm. And you've been you hear stories that all the humans are getting basically um, every so often get sort of like have to go to HR 
And once they're at HR, you never see them again. They disappear. So they're like being sacked or fired or been replaced by more robots. So you basically get a phone call from this person um, called Winter. She says, oh, um, look, you, they're coming for, they've come for all the others. They're coming for you next. You need to get out. There's a box on your desk, um, which you can open up. There's a key. Look for the cover. I'll send you a note. You contact our um, phone, which is like a fax machine as well. Mm-hmm. So she, fax you, she faxes you instructions, which you obviously can pick up, but you can put them in your inventory and look at them and so forth. So what you need to get out and open the box up and they'll help you. So the first thing you do is you open this box up and it's got the translocator in it. Okay. Um, which you basically is your teleport. And that's how you move around. So you aim, you know that teleport works. It's a neat little trick that it does is when you f- throw the translocator beam to where it's going to go, you don't actually teleport immediately. What happens is you basically get, you basically, your gun will show you like a little circle, like a, like a camera from where the teleport has ended up. And so you can actually look round, rotate yourself round, look round. You can look round where the, the, it is mm-hmm. and see like if there's, if it's clear, you can so use the scout areas out. You can lose it, look for enemies and so, so you, can pu- you can effectively pull it back if you need to. Or... Yeah. You can basically cancel it or push the trigger again. And you'll go there, sure. um, which is, which is handy. Um, because other games have had that kind of thing where you you go to throw the your, your teleport and then you can change where you, which way you're going to look based on how you hold the stick or whatever. So it's not yeah. it's kind of like that, but not more advanced. A bit more advanced because you actually are you actually have a camera, and that's important because you're trying to stealth round it. You might be able to see an enemy. Now enemies can see your teleport beacon, as it were. They can see, it. and if they if you teleport in front of them, if you like throw your basket in front of them, even if you haven't teleported. They'll look at you and they'll see and they'll react to you as if you're there. But if they attack it or shoot it, whatever, it just disappears. You don't die; it just disappears. Okay, that's but neat. then they'll be alerted. So enemy, you enemies can you can't like sort of like watch where enemies are because they will react to it. So you have to be somewhat little plan. You have to sort of plan in that regards. But you basically have that. You also have um, you also have a tool. You also have um, a magnifying glass which you can use, which helps you read documents. Basically, makes the text bigger, which helps you. Bear in mind, this is around when the first generation Rift was about. So it wasn't very high resolution. Mm-hmm. So you kind of needed that to make it easier to read what things were. Mm-hmm. Um, so or that, a lens mod. I I found that those help a lot. Yeah, yeah. I first found out on so we can now buy um, prescription lenses for your VR headsets as well. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, so you do that. And um, yeah, so basically you can look it up or you can... Um, um, so you can look at oh, so what that math of glass was. I didn't find out until the last level, second to last level, was if you put it over an enemy, it'll like scan them, and then once it scanned them, then they show up on the map all the time. So you oh, can like neat. see where they are through walls. So you've marked but, them effectively. Yeah. But it doesn't tell you this at any point in the game. Oh. As it, this this is a bit of a bad habit it has is that it doesn't tell you you can do these things. So why I had a magnifying glass. My logic is I'm only going to look at things with it. I'm not going to think to look at an enemy with it because why would I? Mm. I don't care about that. Sure. So I was only felt like sheer luck on the last level. And also, it's got what's quite neat is it's got the uh, most levels have this place called Lost and Found where, where by one of the robots. If you drop something that you might need, it gets teleported to Lost and Found if you leave it behind somewhere. Oh neat. So you can go to Lost and Found to pick it all up. So basically, so basically you have like three. There's 
There's three sort of type, four types of robots, actually. You've got these, the very basic, these little uh, racking through robots. They don't bother you at all. They're just there. They're harmless. I did accidentally kill one. Um, <gasps> How could you? Because your, your weapons are throwing knives, and throwing knives is, is basically impossible. Well, at least I, I tried all sorts of tricks. I'm terrible at throwing in VR. Yeah. So you see, I got quite good at throwing in, um, in, uh, or what was it going? Killing Floor Incursion. Hmm. I got really good at throwing things in that because that was fine. As long as you did a, a like a full on right angle, I degree straight throw next to you, you didn't try and angle it. You'd throw basically dead center of the screen, but like you're saying, the pistol. As long yeah. as you move your arm literally straight line next to you, you'd throw it dead center. If you angle, like look from, angle look from it, your nose forwards and look, kind of like, you know, just flick your arm. Parallel, yeah. yeah. Parallel from your nose forwards. Yep. You throw dead center screen spot on. Fine. This I wonder if that's because we're actually using inside out tracking on our headsets. Could be because you got to think if we're throwing over over um, over the head at some point, the start the starting point of our throw is going to be behind. It's going to be over and behind our cameras, isn't it? But if we had mm. um, CV ones or uh, vives or indexes where they're using the room track, and well, it doesn't matter if we stick our stick our arm right behind our back. You know, it's still going to know where our hand is. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, so, yeah. I, can't, I couldn't get the hang of throwing knives. I did have one issue where... So, the two issues I had with throwing knives. One, the first time I was practicing them, I threw it... I, I threw, so you have to really... To make them go far, which is quite realistic, you have to really throw, thrust with your hand to make them go far. And the first time I did it, I threw it at such a short, shallow arc, it went sort of through the air, went straight down, and straight into one of these old vacuum cleaners. See, I found a way to cheat that. What? So it's not actually measuring realistically how far you're moving it, or how hard you're moving it, it's how quick you move over a distance. So um, if you just do a short jab, because we're using inside-out tracking again, um, it's not really calculating distance, it's calculating how fast you're moving between the point that you hold the button to throw yeah. and the point that you've let go. So if you only do say like a, a three inch fucking jab forwards from in front of your face, you let go, that thing's going to fly a mile. I did try that. It didn't work very well. I said, that's usually how I get away with throwing in, in VR unless yeah. I'm using base station tracking. Yeah. I didn't really do much throw to be honest. Um, after I killed the robot, I was like, Oh no, Smash my headset so I literally put my track and I went, no! <laughs> you just smack yourself in the face with the thing on your controller. I didn't mean because I didn't even see the cleaning robot there. I just threw it and, I, and it arced down. I hit the floor. I just hit the screaming. I looked down and there's this little robot there who happened to come in the cupboard with me. He's like, ah. Oh, you evil shit. bastard. Yeah, oops. Um, so I was like, uh, I saw like Peter. I was like, oh, he's actually dead. Oops. You then have your little co worker robots who are like, it's all like, it's all, um, it's all bulbous headed round things that sit there and they always turn the computers and they they all sit then as you walk around they all just say very sort of catchphrase stuff like i love working oh thank goodness it's monday it's not get really sarcastic it's thank goodness it's monday and they're always constantly chattering away national away bless them which is quite fun and then you get the supervisors and the company has employed military grade robots for the supervisors beautiful and these are the ones that walk around. They have a seen there. Um, they they are the ones there who are armed. And if they see you, they'll pit out the pistol. Now they've only got a single eye, so they miss quite a lot. Um, so, but you can quite coolly. You can if you get behind them, you can pull the pistol off their belt. Oh, neat! 
Yeah, but by default, you if you try it, the pistol's got like an anti like um, hijack feast. If you pull it off, it'll like sort of shock you. Oh, neat. If you try and use it, but you can sort of throw it away. If you drop on the ground, they will go pick it back up. Oh, cool. But yeah, but I, I did sort of like teleport by the supervisor and pull it off his pull off their belt. It's like, haha, you can't shoot me now. Oh shit, you're coming. You're going to punch me. Right, run away. Where's the pistol? <laughs> oh, I dropped it. Oh shit, she's picking it back up again. Oh no, I've Fine. been shot. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is like if you get shot, you, there's no health bar. You shot, you're gone. Dead. Sure. Over. Uh, which works fine because of H of the Beast. Um. So that so they suffice that they are the well they the, they are the main antagonist you'll face for like sneaking past. Um, and you can generally hear they tend to chatter quite a lot. Um, they're pretty, and they work on the usual, what you see, obviously, when you, if they first spot you, they'll have, like, your, their eye will go to all this yellow colour, and there's, you'll see there's, like, a little progress bar goes round it, it takes about a second and a half to activate, two seconds, maybe. Yeah. And that's when I, like, sort of, like, go in the, huh, what's that over there? And then if you wait too long, then it goes red, and that's when they sort of then come after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they've gone red, it's, unless you've got somewhere to hide, it's, Pre half of they are however they the game does help you out by um make it so that if you're in a dark area they can't see you so mm. you can hide in the dark um and it does also do things like um there's like loads of vents all around which you can like sort of like shoot through and you're going to like sort of full sort of like the utility vents of the building you can hide in there so you can't shoot through that um there is something to be said there, which is quite fun, where you pin yourself up against a door, but throw it with a knife in your hand, and you throw a little teleport spear to distract the guards coming to the room. And as you walk into the room, you just literally sort of cancel it and just stab him in the neck. Mate. As he walk through. You savage. Yeah. yeah. I did find myself in real life actually pinning myself up against the wall. Like, I, like I was leaving. I, like, I, I can just, just imagine, like, this. your mum, your dad, or your sister walking into the room, and you just punch them in the throat or something as you're pressed against the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's made my day <laughs> yeah if you get him in the neck it's instant kill for the supervisors so the other way to do it is you teleport literally behind them and just and they, if you teleport near them they know you're there alright you can't sort of sneak up on them but you if you're quick you can just cut the head off anyway it doesn't matter sure um, I mean they generally they the the only thing you can use to cut to kill them is what I found was scissors uh, which you can use, which when you, which you can also pull, you can pull scissors back out of them once you turn them, but they get mangled between uses. Okay. Or if there's like, um, the winter has tried to help you out. She's managed to order a load of air quotes here, letter openers. Right. For you to use, um, which are basically throwing knives. She's very kindly orders it and sort of slap, got them sent around. They've all been, they actually get distributed across the whole building, i.e., you'll find them in every level if you want to. Okay. Um, so you can find, but there's usually only a couple. So you can't, you can't really go on a, a you know, main death murder man page type thing very easily unless you can find a stash of them. Oh, well, I'll find a way. Well, ironically, it gets easier later on because they tend to, because they think you're going to be more fighting. They give you more knives. It gets easier later on. But some of the earliest is only like two knives and that's all you got. Sure. Um, your, your little, um, inventory can only hold like six items. One of which will be a, a pager, which is how she contacts you. She'll basically message you a number. Okay. Um, oh, Jimmy wants to let us know. He just managed to get his 11k souls back, 
which he lost, which he had in a difficult to find place. Good man. Um, but yeah, so basically you'll get you'll you'll she'll basically if it's off and you'll get a message of a new number and you'll go up to the factory, pick the phone and dial the number and she'll give you an external mission, print stuff out. Do you walk past uh, the fax machine? All of a sudden, it starts going. Oh, hello. Ah, oh, Winter says. No, you have to bring her. Mate. Yeah, you have to ring her. She'll message, she pays you the number, and then you have to go ring her. That works well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. It's it's. Um, I found it really good fun. I was um, sort of sneaking around, sort of planning it. It's it's. There are several bits later on where you do find like there's a bit we had to bring to a vault, and I did spend a lot of time planning my how I was going to do it. Like, okay, we'll switch these lights off here. I can like sort of like oh there's a fire alarm there's a fire drill drew and then where's that oh that's in that office there if I can find a way to get into the office because it's got a level five card I've only got a level four card if I can find a way to get into the office I can then take out the robot trip the fire alarm they all go to the farm which means I can get into the vault very quickly and steal what I need to steal get out before they all come back is this a multiple like does this have like multiple ways to solve every puzzle or is it really From quite what? linear it's there are some puzzles that, a lot of the puzzles are fair, I say puzzles, some of the levels are fairly linear. Okay. Um, there's probably multiple ways around them, but then, then they're, they're fairly compact. Okay. So there's not a great deal of things. There's only a few bits. There's the main source, the vault is one way you can sort of figure out alternative ways around it. And that's the last level, um, where you sort of fight the boss who is unkillable. Um, there is a way to deal with him that basically takes him out of action um, where you don't have to, but you have to really sort of plan ahead and you need to find the right bit of the place you can do it. Yeah. If you find it, you can basically trick him and take him out of action so he can't get to you anymore. Mm-hmm. There's also clues. That it, it, you can tell, actually, there's also a progression as it got further along, as, they, as the, the levels got a bit more complicated. And also as they start putting little clues down, like, oh, um... Uh, oh, well, by the way, there's this issue of this, this sort of like um, control circuitry here. Yeah. Watch out. If you do this wrong, it'll have errors on it. It will, and it could lock, it could lock something down. So you must be careful of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can use that information to set up traps and so forth. Um, I wouldn't say it's particularly, but I wouldn't say it's like, there's not a great deal of repayability. I put that way. You're not going to go through and try and find an alternative way round. Okay. Um, it's not, they're not big spawning levels. They're fairly, compact sure um but it's still it's still i, I found it really good fun source see about that has got one issue which i did kind of get used to is that it's got vents which are quite small you have to actually crouch down to get in them so you throw your thing in them but you're too high up you'll get like an heiress and you can't teleport there yeah so you have to actually crouch down and then and i mean when i say crouch i mean on your knees crouch down yeah and then you can teleport into them and then you can move around the vent Makes sense. And so forth. Makes sense, yeah. Um, that's all. That, that takes a little bit of like, oh. Because you can't teleport there until you crouch down. If you need to get up there quickly, you have to sort of like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right, get down here quickly. Oh, I'll teleport now. Fine. Safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really neat, really neat game. There's a budget. They've released Budget Cuts 2, which I'm going to pick up, um, and which is sort of a direct sequel um, to this one, where the game ends on a... Not on quite a cliffhanger, but ends on a where you're going to go next type thing. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up as well. It's got an arcade mode they added in where if you um basically you can play like levels which are just like you've just got to like rather than actually like part of the story, you've got a set goal to achieve. 
Um, like sort of like get find some office documents and stuff like that. Yeah. So that those is a bit more sort of like it's more stuff to do. So it's it's fairly close. I mean, the main story, typical VR game, takes about four to five hours probably to get it through. That's about fair. I mean, um, in yeah. honesty, there are a lot. Of, I know we mentioned like VR game length uh, in the last couple of episodes. Thinking about it, actually, a lot of AAA games, like regular flat screen games, only last four to six hours now. Yeah, a lot now. Yeah, so it's pretty good, really. Yeah, no, it's definitely my sort of game. I, I think you'd, I think you'd hate it if I'm no, honest. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, yeah, I'd absolutely grateful. So I can't. Um, well, I'm gonna pick, so I'm gonna pick up the sequel, and hopefully, from what I understand, the sequel. Um, it's more actionized. You can actually pick from what I said. You can actually get guns and stuff in the sequel. Oh, you can also add mutators. You can actually switch on mutators for the enemies and stuff. Right. So you can do things like you can say, "Oh, I can pick up guns and I can use them." And I also add up mutators that like give you like infinite ammo and stuff. I can insta gib some fucker with a pair of scissors. Yeah, you can. You, I, I don't know if there's one for that, but there's lots of mut- lot of mutations you can do. Most of those disable achievements. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's something to be said because I do. I, I mean, it's, it 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 tricks that idea of like sort of like working around, planning out a route, planning what we want to do, and then when you execute it, it all goes horribly wrong. You can like sort of like okay, well I'll trick and I'll let's execute it flawlessly, and it's like you feel like a stealth god. Forget all the twenty other times where you died horribly because you misjudged or didn't see an enemy. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> First try, every time. First, first try. try. Yeah, it's always first try. Yeah, I know. I didn't die loads of times in this game, not at all. First try. That's like, yeah. if, if you play Neo, I guarantee it, you'll get to the end. First try. Yeah. No deaths. First try. No, set it all out. And it's all out. First try. No deaths. Boring, yeah. Get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's budget cuts. Um, also, I'll just couple, talk a couple, just briefly talk about a couple of series. Well, one's a series, one's a film. Right. Um, watching. So I finally got round to watching HBO's Chernobyl oh, this right. week. Finally got round to watching it. One of the things I've been meaning to do for a while, and I finally got round to it. And it is really good. Okay. I don't know. Have you seen it at all? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. No, so. It's, well, actually, as the name suggests, it's set about Chernobyl. Interestingly, the story kicks off... Um, uh, so it kicks off uh, dramatically, um, sorry, directly after the explosions happened. It doesn't show, show you, the obvious thing to do, but to show this sort of like them the doing ex- Yeah. That would be the obvious No, this starts directly, literally as the explosion happens. And they basically um, sort of open questions. And it's all like, it's all there. And you, all the characters in it, they're, they're all, it's, um, Partly British Baby Dutch, they're all speaking with British accents. They were going to do Russian accents, but they decided that just sounded silly, trying to convince all the British actors to do Russian accents. They said, just, just do it in British accents, it's fine. Um, and you'll see a lot of familiar faces. If you watch all British, you'll see a lot of familiar faces in it. And th- they basically saw, like, the, like, the reactors exploded. Don't quite, they don't quite believe why it's exploded, because, you know, RBNK wires can't explode. And so they sort of spend the first or episode sort of like denying it's going going on in the like like main guy, because I mean, the thing is this is all mostly based on real events. There's a bit of artistic license in it, um, which I do sort of highlight somewhat. 
but it's pretty. Fa- it, it's it's based on both the official reports of it, and also there's a book called Voices of Chernobyl, mm-hmm. which talks about which is like the people who got involved, it, and it's based a lot of the sort of like other plots are based around them. So a lot of people involved in the actual like sort of civilians involved, and people who like sort of saw the reactors and went there and got exposed like to lethal doses of radiation within a few minutes of being there. Um. Because it's, it's 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 it doesn't pull its punches, and it is like God, you're watching thinking, God, this actually happened. Well, yeah, it was a proper Horrible. fucking disaster. Yeah, had it have not it been contained sooner, or had it have well, not been contained when it was contained, things could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I I've always found an interest an interest in um, you know, nuclear has always interested me, and so I knew about Chernobyl. I've known about. What I actually dislike is that a lot of the, if you ever watching documentaries on them, a lot of them don't tell you actually why. They don't, they simplify down what happened to the point where it doesn't really explain why it happened. Yeah. And you, they, they often they'll say, oh, the reactor lost power. Too low, it was too low for them to do the test. They got the power back up. They started doing the test. It still wasn't high enough what they needed. They did the test and then it all goes wrong. They, they never explain why it lost all its power. They didn't explain why did it start going back. They miss all that out. Mm-hmm. A lot of time I see explanations like, well, that's that's quite fundamental because it doesn't ex- you haven't really explained what happened. You've done the sort of general gist. Yeah. Um but that's I've but once you're going to find out actually what happens, it all makes sense. So I will first say so watch this and they do such a good job of of dramatizing there are the artists like, like they take is that a lot of the people show symptoms of rage point way too quickly, but sure. that's acceptable because it's a TV dramatization. It's acceptable because you to sort of like shut off a bit. That's sort of acceptable. Um, the other nod they do do, and full credit to them on this, they actually at the end of the series they do like a little epilogue bit, and there's this character in it, and she's completely made up for the series. But what they wanted to do was they had lots of their the main guy. He had lots of scientists and stuff helping him, like, research the reactor and so forth. He had, like, a whole team of people. They didn't want to have, like, 20 other people there. So they made one character who represented all of them. Okay. But they actually, at the very end, they say, this character here, she doesn't exist. These are all the people who she represented. Because a lot of these wouldn't bother even telling you that. And people would just go out there thinking, oh, she must have been a real person. And it but says, no, no, she, we made her up. Yeah. Just, just full disclosure, we made her up for, the, for this reason. Um... And she basically is all there to sort of like, she basically sort of investigates why it happened. Because the series basically contained, the, the series, the first sort of four episodes are really about what they did immediately to try and solve the problem immediately. Their first sort of like containment issues. And it, working on from there, so it's all like, it's, it's all jumps from sort of like the first few days, the first few weeks, the first few months after the disaster. You see more about the liquidators and all their work they're doing to try and stop it getting worse. Um, obviously the first two episodes take place the first few days. They look at like the initial work out of what had gone wrong, how bad it was, having to drain all the, um, tanks underneath to prevent another steam explosion. All this stuff go, all this stuff, um, going on fishing. And this and the last sort of episodes all jump ahead to, okay, it's now months later. These are all the people who are called the liquidators, all the thousands of people they got in to be liquidators who are going to go have to go up on the roofs to try and clear all the stuff and put it in. These people could only go on the roofs for like 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And if they went more than that, they basically, if they went there for like two minutes, they'd get like a lethal, they'd have like a lethal radiation dose. They'd go up there for 90 seconds at a time. Yeah. 
and you're watching them. That bit's amazing because they literally follow the guys up there for the whole 90 seconds. It's just one shot for them the whole time they're up there. And it, it's just, you just sort of like, it, the tension it builds is like, oh, come on, how long? Nine, those nine seconds seems to take hours. Well, yeah, it, for sure. It, it just, it, Single really shots good. over a long period of time just feel really fucking weird in film anyway yeah. because you're not used to uh, it. And when you know you've only got 90 seconds to go, it, it just seems to take forever. It's, mm. it's incredible. Um, really well shot, really well set up. I mean, some of the more grimmer stuff, like the teams of people had to go and shoot all the animals because they were in fact full of like radioactive iodine. They had to shoot them all, so couldn't take the, contain- the radiation outside the containment zone. And they had to shoot out pets and stuff. And so then bring them all back and encase them in concrete. It's really grim. It is a really grim series. But it's really well done. But And so, of course, it's based on all real events. Episode 5 is more the invest- all like the um, investigation afterwards, like where they have like the big hearing and so forth. And I don't know who wrote it, or who wrote this, or the guy, the sort of head source scientist, he has to do an explanation as to what happened. Whoever wrote it, because it, where he did, he doesn't, did, the sort of speech he gives to the sort of committee didn't actually happen. Didn't actually happen in real life. But whoever wrote it, the explanation they give is so well done. It's so simple, it, but it doesn't cut away any of the real science. It talks about the stuff that mostly they cut away in the documentaries, but he really explains step by step how these works, why it all went wrong, in a real simple way. It's like, it's, I'm not sure, I that's one of the best explanations I've ever seen actually done of it. I know I've, I've done research to know how it happened. That's the best research of actually how it happened I've seen. Most documentaries fuck that up. Well, I suppose because most documentaries only happen over, say, an hour and a half, two hour period. This guy explains it in 20 minutes. No, but my point is they. <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff they have to put yeah. into a documentary. They can't just go, right, this is exactly why it happened. They, they, you no. know, that's only a small part of a yeah. documentary. You know, the aftermath True. is a big chunk of it. The lead-in is a big chunk of it. You know, how things were long before then is a big part of it. So they only have a very, 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 Look, very, I very small... I them, though, because they themselves just for the disaster and you should put the aftermath as a little bit at the end, like mm. the last couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, it caused this, this, and this. They leave a lot of important stuff. They leave some real key information out. I mean, a lot of it, some of them you can put down to the fact that it says, um, it's, it's probably a case that they're trying to simplify it a bit too much. Yeah. Because um, they talk about Xeon poisoning and so forth, which is it's, it's basically a fundamental point of what went wrong. Um, but then it's, it's really well done. It's like, I was really, I thought, for Ashford, I was really impressed with how they got that across. They made it, anyone could understand that explanation. Um, lots of thrown in bits in as well. Um, they saw, which made it feel, there's, there's a lot of, there's like bits where like the, the actor actually drops some stuff and he picks it back up and they were going to, they decided to leave that cut in because it just looked like he was a bit nervous. Yeah. For sure. Little things like, really well done. So yeah, really, rec- I, I, I was, I said, I, I'm glad I watched it. I, I don't feel I want to watch it again in a while because it was so grim, but it was, it's worth a, it's worth a watch. Um, really good. Other film I saw, and this one I'll mention briefly, which isn't quite so realistic, is the China Syndrome, which from the 1970s, mm-hmm. also about a nuclear accident, because mm-hmm. I've got myself into a nuclear accident thing, um, and it's about a, um, 
nuclear reactor they are they're having they're basically they're having a they've got some reporters in who's doing a tour of the reactor it's all like show about nuclear power and so forth and they go up to the control room and the just to be able the control the sort of viewing area of the control room is soundproof and bulletproof beautiful for safety reasons and whilst they're there they're told they can't film it but whilst they're there something happens in the control room and they can see all the people control and panicking and basically what happens what happens is there's a um the reactor basically they they read um high war levels of the reactor and they think the reactor's overflow so they start to drain all the turbines trip off they think the reactor's got too much water in it so they start to drain the water off um and this is the correct process to do they then realize that their little gauge has been telling how much water it's got stuck at the top and when they tap it, it's literally the reactor's like really low and it's about to be exposed if that happens you get a meltdown yeah so they managed to fix it. They asked me, they managed to fix it. But in doing so, the, this, this guy, the sort of like head of the sort of like in the storm, he discovered, he realizes another problem are going on. Mm-hmm. So that's all the brief intro. I, I won't go for the whole bit, but basically the guy in the storm eventually realizes, and this is spoilers towards the end. And there's only one reason I want to bring this up. He realizes a major flaw of the design of the plant. Not as much design the plant, but in the way it's been built, there's been some cost. There's some of the companies they've hired have done a bit of cutting corners, yeah, and sure. he, he discovers there's a fault. So he decides to try and stop the plant going online, and to try and explain, he basically goes back to the sort of like you know to the plant, goes back to control, and he basically takes it over. With a, you know, steals a guard's gun, forces everybody outside, and he basically takes control, and he basically demands they bring the reporter back. And he does a live TV broadcast where he can explain what's going on. Yeah. And this is the bit that made me think of you. Because <laughs> they get the reporter in, they're about to go live, they're getting everything set up, and then the guy there's the cameraman, and then someone is the sound person, and they get the sound person, so they put on the, we're going to use these intercom. Right, so, so can you start talking to me, start doing a level check? Like, bear in mind, they know that they've got a SWAT team coming in to try and break into this, try and get this guy out. They know there's a SWAT team on the way. To take this guy out, I was like, "Oh, we do a little level check, right? Yeah, no, that's about what gets." Oh, can you get some white paper so we can do some white balance adjustment to make sure it's good for the film? It's like, at this stage, like, this isn't really important at this stage in time. White uh, balance, well, I'd skip. Level check's important. No point. <laughs> no point. Fucking trying to give a message if people can't hear you through distorted horse shit, or if your levels that, are too low. I said that I thought myself. Yeah, I can see where Scars gets this from. This is this is like we're here. It's like no. You will do explanation, but I want to get your levels right. Well, I mean, again, though, that's the point, though, isn't it? If I if I'm broadcasting and people can't hear you, it's a waste of time. So your message is lost. If the levels are too high, no one's going to hear your message. It was a waste of time. You've got to get audio right because people will just tune out otherwise. Uh, could literally be a hostage but, situation, mate. You could I have people felt- getting. You could have the most grim motherfuckers in like in the world. And there are people getting headshot in the background. If the audio's gone <laughs> the entire time, they ain't gonna fucking they ain't gonna listen to it. Or they ain't gonna sit there I and saw watch that. it. That just bit amused me. That just bit amused <laughs> me, I thought. I just thought of you. Now it. I was like <laughs> I found that bit quite amusing. Hard fact. Yeah, <laughs> but I just want to mention that because I, I just watched it last time. Oh yeah, Scar's there. Yeah, there see, he is. See. <laughs> audio. It's important. Yeah, Get it right. Yeah, get it right. Yeah, I don't like the balance on that one. Oh, that uh, sucked. Wanna... 
<laughs> can, we do, can, can we do that we, again? <laughs> yeah. Right, before we start, silence track, right? <laughs> what did I say to you? Microphone, fist away from your face. Hold it there. Yeah. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> I can uh, stop ruining my production just because you're about to get shot in the face, fuckwad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's an okay film. Oh, no, that's yeah. okay. It's actually all right. Um, it, it supposedly set back nuclear industry by a, a huge amount in the 90s. I think Three Mile Island might have had a bigger effect than the film. Because Three Mile Island happened like a week after the film got released. Mm-hmm. Unlucky <laughs> for them. Surprise. So, lucky for the film production. It's like, hey, well, there you go. We said this could happen. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You guys so that, are all cutting is, corners, mate. Hmm. <laughs> Three Mile Island was, um, yeah, that's basically a, a faulty, that was a, a, realistically, it was actually a faulty valve. And Beautiful. it was actually, there's an interesting, there's an interesting talk on, um, um, which I'll put in the show notes by this guy who talked about Three Mile Island because it initially got put down to human error. Um, but he actually says, no, it's more likely the case that they simply had so much information coming at them. There's like, there's like these alarm boards that go round, which light up when something goes wrong, um, sort of indicator boards. Mm-hmm. And there are like, sort of, I think there's like something like 180 different alarms that could go up on these boards. Yeah. And the says there's no way to tell when something's new. So they just light up. So if you look at a board and you look at a board with hundreds of lights on it, how can you tell if an extra two lights have come on? Yeah. I said, there's no logic to me. It's like one of the most critical alarms was like, like about like radiation breaking and the containment is like right next to the told you the lift stuck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that sort of thing. So he basically says, I'll, I'll put a link to show notes because that's actually a really interesting talk. He explains what went wrong, but the why it went wrong and the fact that human error was blamed, but actually it's probably not fair because these were experienced, these were all experienced people. But, yeah. Um, so, but I won't hash over that. Yeah, very really good. So yeah, I just wanted to be out because that just amused me. So that's everything for me, Scars. There you go. That's it. Podcast done then, son. Thank you. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, you can now join us on our next podcast, which is in two weeks' time on the 4th of December. And sort of last one up to Christmas. Yay. Yeah. Um, yay. Yay. Scars is really excited about the whole thing. Yay. Remember the meat man, Scars. Remember the meat man. Remember meat Santa. <laughs> meat Santa's on his way. Um... So look forward to seeing that. So in a couple of time, you can also check us out on our. You can check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com/randnerds or Twitch.tv/randnerds for that stream. Um, we also do our game site, which is on Tuesday, the twenty third, um, which will be at roughly half past eight. You can check me out at Twitch.tv/suffercram, and you can find me at Twitch.tv/forward/slash/scazius s k four z z i zero u s. Yep, uh, you can check us out on roundnerds.co.uk and also we've got Facebook and Twitter and all those sort of places as well. So thank you for watching, guys. We look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>